This is Austin Real Estate Investing. Austin Real Estate Investing. We'll be discussing real estate investing in Austin, Texas, and bringing you experts from all different sectors of the real estate game. Your host, Jordan Moorhead, is a real estate agent and investor in Austin and is here to help you get started or to build your portfolio and explore new strategies. Hi, this is Jordan Moorhead with the Moorhead team, and this is Austin Real Estate Investing. Today, we've got Will Brown, a real estate investor turned real estate software pioneer, and he's going to tell us all about how he is developing a great software to disrupt the real estate investing industry. Hey, Will, how are you? Hey, Jordan, man, I'm great. Good to chat with you today. How are you? Doing great. Great to chat with you as always. Um, real quick, tell our listeners who you are and how you're involved with real estate investing. Yeah, so my story, put real short, is I grew up in Northern Virginia for first 17, 18 years of my life. Then I went to college for one year at the College of William & Mary, but always felt like I was an entrepreneur and had actually gone to the seminar uh, for real estate investing in 2016, which planted the seed for, you know, I got bit by the bug. And so then I did about a thousand hours of research, listening to podcasts, reading books, and decided after one year of college, that was definitely not the path for me and decided to jump into it and get started with $30 in my account and just a lot of rigor and a lot of drive to want to go out and make it on my own and not have to go back to college. So that was my initial driver system that then fueled me to build out, you know, partnerships and start to understand, okay, how do you generate off market deals? What is a deal? How do you, you know, underwrite these things? How do you build your buyers list? All the stuff that we'll probably get into to get to the point where a year after that, I'd done over a hundred wholesale properties because I had built this really streamlined system to be able to generate these deals and then assign them to buyers at a slight markup. And so that was my real estate investing career. Um, which then dovetailed, right, directly went into me realizing, wait a second, there's a problem here. And that problem was realized once I actually started to do, once I got to the place where I was hitting my goals, the pain points, the problems changed. And the problem was no longer about finding properties or getting lists or even generating leads for that matter. It was about qualifying the leads. And I found that this, there was this very interesting um, phenomenon that was happening, which is that I would generate too many leads for myself to qualify. And so I spent all day basically just chasing red tasks on Podio, not even be able to make a dent into it. It's like, okay, something's got to change. Okay, great. I'm going to hire an acquisition manager. But what that meant is now I spent the next couple of weeks splitting my time, qualifying the leads, doing the deals for my business to hiring that acquisition manager. And then I had to hire another one and another one. But then the first guy left because I had trained him to do everything he needs to do. And he no longer wanted to work for just a couple points of the deal. And I sort of sat back though. I was like, this is not a problem that's going to go away because in order to buy a property at a discount, you need to build enough trust and rapport with the seller for them to want to sell it to you at that price. And I realized that if you had to have a human being in that seat, it was always going to be a pain. And so I did some research and I found that the guys who were doing 10, 20, 30, 40 deals per month, they basically just brute force this process. They have massive armies, they have call centers, they have a ton of human resources and their overhead is huge and the profit margins go lower and lower as they scale, not higher. And so I was like, that doesn't seem too attractive to me. So long story short, I decided to go and do something about that. And so I moved to Los Angeles to build a company that would be powered by artificial intelligence to have those conversations with sellers for me, where I could take the intelligence that I had from having 20,000 conversations. I could put that into an AI, I could talk to sellers naturally via text, and then it would be able to tell me, uh, give me a full colorized picture of that lead as soon as it landed in my CRM. And then I wouldn't spend time chasing and chasing and chasing, and I wouldn't have to spend time hiring and retraining. And so put simply, that was like that aha moment that turned me from wanting to actually continue to buy properties myself to turning my focus to building this software startup, which we've been building for the last two and a half years and are, are coming to market now, finally. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned you did over a hundred wholesale deals on your own and said, Hey, I just found this, this big problem and I'm going to go solve this problem. And I think that's how every successful entrepreneur is, is successful is they say, Hey, here's a problem. I'm going to solve it. Um, what, 
initially attracted you to go to that first real estate investing seminar or, or conference that you went to to learn about real estate? Obviously, yeah, you, you luck. Weren't, weren't college, but yeah, I mean, I was 16 and I, uh, I was, it was just, I, I got lucky. I got lucky because my mom went to this, like was at the seminar. She was like, Hey, you should come for this day. It wasn't even a real estate specific, but then we had one of the guys who's like, look with no money, I can make $70,000 on a wholesale fee. I was like, wait a second, is this thing for real? We're going to go and find out. And you know, they're really good with those pitches. Those real estate investment seminars, they, they are the best in the business. Um, bottom line, they tried to upsell us $20,000 for the boots on the ground training. Turns out, you know, my mom, I didn't have $20,000 and my dad was like, no way you're spending $20 on something. And so it left a sour taste in my mouth for a couple months until I decided to get off, off my butt and start picking up, uh, you know, books and learning about it and really started to have a lot of fun understanding this because I saw that this could be the way that I carve my own path through life. And I didn't have a vehicle like that. Everyone else in my world was just telling me, go to school, get a job. I was like, that sounds boring. And then I found real estate and just poured all my energy into that. What were you in school for? Uh, yeah, I was in school trying to get an entrepreneurship degree until I realized they don't really exist. And then I dropped out. Okay. Yeah. So you're in school yeah. for one year. Um, you dropped out at w what age? Uh, let's see the year I dropped out in May of 2018. So I was 18 years old. Okay. okay. Awesome. Um, big fan of that. Not a huge fan of college. Um, so many successful people started college and never finished. Uh, so I, yeah, I think that you're, you're on the right track there. Um, so with your company, can you explain a little bit more about what your company does and how it can help, let's say wholesalers scale their business? So I know you can help all different kinds of real estate people that are getting inbound leads, but what exactly do you do and, and how does that help them avoid that pain point? Yeah, absolutely. So the first step is uh, you don't have a problem, you know, having too many leads to qualify if you don't have any leads to qualify, right? And that's sort of the first step is generating those inbound leads. If you're spending your time calling people that you have no idea if they're interested or selling or not, that is a number one, it's a great way to build character, right? It's a great way to build resilience of character and to be able to handle rejection and learn how to talk to sellers. Highly recommend that highly recommend door knocking for that, but these are not systems that scale. These are not very high dollar per hour metrics. You need to get that basis of being able to, how to talk to sellers, what they want, what questions to ask. That's very much needed training. But as soon as you start to get a couple of those deals down, and as soon as you start to get that, you're going to see that you have some money and you're saying, okay, how can I have this money work for me? generating off-market deals. And sometimes people put it into, you know, you know, bandit signs or radio ads or, you know, all this stuff. But for me, I was like, if I'm going to be building, if I'm going to build something that can qualify leads, I want to build something that can consistently generate the traffic as well. And the regulatory environment around lead generation is rapidly evolving. And it's becoming from like light gray area to dark gray to coming into the black here. Um, like illegal in terms of being able to cold text people, cold call them, leave them ringless voicemails. A lot of people are getting in trouble. And so the prevailing sentiment for most investors is like, they're too small. They're not going to care about me. Sure. That's fine. You know, you can pay some TCPA fines here and there. If you, you accidentally send a brainless voicemail to the wrong person. But when I was looking at, okay, where's this industry going? Like, where's the puck going? I was like, if investors want to scale, you don't want to be having a target on your back as you're trying to scale. And so I said, what's not going away? And what, like philosophically, what's a way to deliver a message to somebody today? Even if it's Jordan, I want to deliver a message. Hey, I want to buy one of your houses. How do I do that? Well, I'm your friend, so I can text you. What if I didn't have your phone number? What if you didn't know who I was? What if I didn't have your consent to text you, right? I could either try and, uh, you know, find you on Facebook or, you know, send out Facebook ads and have you click on that. But now I'm going to be competing with all the other brands and all the other industries as well for your attention. What we found almost astonished me, which was like, we believe the best lead generation is going to be through direct mail. And here's why, because it's all about the risk barrier to entry for somebody to respond. And so the first step is sending out a direct mail campaign to a targeted list of buyers, right? So you pull the list, say, Hey, here's the types of properties I want. Here's the equity. Here's the values. Here's the year zone, yada, 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 all that info. And then you say, okay, 
I'm going to hit them with this many pieces of mail. And it's going to cost you probably a couple thousand bucks to send that list. Um, but you're going to do some metrics and some just sort of back of the napkin math is about one out of 200 mailers you send is going to be a lead. One out of 20 leads is going to be a deal. What that means is you need to send about 4,000 mailers um, of, like a, of like a high quality mailer to do a deal. That 4,000 mailers is probably going to cost you four, five, six thousand bucks, right? And so if you're only making, you know, a thousand to two thousand dollars on your assignment feeds, that might be a little bit too tight to have this work, right? But most of the people that we work with are making 15, 20, 25,000. And so bottom line is I need to deliver you a message. And so in order to do that, I'm going to be able to get your information from this list, send you this and you're say, Hey, okay, I'm interested. What do I do on the postcard? It doesn't say call. It says, text your address to this number to get your cash offer. And when they text that number, that inbound text triggers a conversation with our intelligence inside your account to have that conversation with you on your behalf. That lead is yours. There's no, it does not get you know, mixed up with any other account. After that conversation is complete, the investor, you're going to get a text to say, hey, here's the information I got out of it. And you're going to be able to see the transcript of the conversation that's happened. Our goal is to be able to break the ice with sellers as it relates to price and timeline and things like that without breaking rapport. That's all good qualification is, is how can you want to turn over all the rocks without somebody hanging up on you, right? And so that's how the system works. It's plug and play. And I like to call it like a little hive mind because it's one brain. Jordan, you wouldn't train it yourself. You wouldn't want to train it yourself. We spent, you know, two years and raised a lot of money and put a lot of engineering hours. And we're still just getting started into building this brain that can have these conversations over text message and be able to handle anything somebody says, right? What you probably want to do is just focus on buying houses. And so what we decided to do is build a system that our investors in Tampa and Indiana and Sacramento and Philadelphia and then Houston and, you know, Maine and all these markets. It's one brain having conversations with sellers in all those markets. We go and, you know, we're going to make mistakes just like you train an employee at the beginning. They're going to make mistakes, but we're going to learn from them. And we're not going to make that same mistake twice. And so we're able to use the conversations that we have in every single market to continue to improve the quality of that qualification conversation we have for each investor that we use and a plug and play scenario. So start to finish, that's what that, that looks like. And so really it's for people who want to scale and who are starting to get to the point where they're like, okay, generating deals, maybe doing one to two a month, wanting to scale up now and going down the road of, okay, how do I want to scale? Do I want to hire an army of people to qualify these inbound leads? Do I want to try and train VAs? I know my conversion rates are going to suffer, but I might be able to save on the front end. Or can, what if I was to just hire myself and maybe like a rock start to just focus on the hot deals? What would happen to my dollar per hour if I could just talk to motivated hot sellers every day? This was the question I asked for two years when I was doing this and talking to so many people that was just wasting time because it's not even like most people pick up the phone anymore. I had to call people five, six, seven times to even get a hold of them for them to tell me that they weren't interested in selling or for them to tell me that they were just looking to see what I was going to offer, but they're never going to sell. You know, it's like, if I average out my time, this is not putting points on the scoreboard. So what can I do to get clarity on these leads before I go and spend my time giving them a ring? Awesome. And I, you know, what you've been talking about, we've all been talking about, let's say wholesaling or finding off market deals as a real estate investor, but this seems to have so many other applications outside of that, you know, obviously real estate agents looking for listings and uh, almost any customer service issue. Um, so is that on the docket to dealing with realtors and dealing with customer service problems and that type of stuff? Yeah, a hundred percent. And, and what, what sort of comes to mind is a really great piece of advice a friend gave me two years ago, which says, well, you know, you got big plans, but before you try and become something to everybody, become everything to somebody or soon you'll be nothing to nobody. And with that, I was able to sort of abstain from the, uh, you know, shiny object syndrome. Oh, let's do a little bit of this. Let's do a little bit of this. Let's do a little bit of this. I call them the shallow chatbots, right? Yeah. Like chatbots that can have a conversation about anything, but it's never a quality conversation. And that's why you're not seeing them because you actually have to be able to go deep. There's more than enough chatbots out there. I mean, you can Google build my own chatbot today and you can build a chatbot in 30 minutes. But if it was that easy for it to actually be effective, you would probably be seeing these out in the market. People would be utilizing this. 
bottom line is that language is very complex. And so to answer the question, we do have plans and we plan to stick within sort of the real estate sector. We're starting with real estate investment. Then we're going to be moving into the real estate agents to be able to qualify the leads of people who are looking to sell for retail. Again, their desires, what they want, what that conversation of what's valuable to them and what the information the real estate agent needs is slightly different, not completely different, but it's a very, it's like a small lateral step for us. And then we're going to be building this in the mortgage industry and all of this. So for any company who sort of deals with this, you know, lead qualification problem, they're able to be, bring in automated intelligence in, onto their team such that their reps can spend the best time, their time basically talking to the people who are going to be the highest value clients, whatever that industry is. And then, yes, we plan to take this to airlines and banking and healthcare and credit cards and all the other companies that just make you want to bang your head against the wall and just like question, you know, the purpose of your life after you've been waiting on hold for an hour and a half and get hung up on when you're trying to reschedule your flight. I don't know if that's happened to you. That's happened to me more than enough times. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think that's really interesting, too, because even for uh, us real estate agents, we get a ton of online leads that come in and you know, maybe they're not actual leads, you know, or not, they're not even warm leads. They're just people that it somehow accidentally entered their information into some form on our website and it comes in and we go try to follow up with them. We try to follow up with them over and over and over and over, and maybe spend several hours trying to follow up with them and finally get a hold of them. And oh, wait, actually, I'm not looking for a house. I just was curious in what this house sold for in Austin. You can't figure that out. But it's so such a big time waster and you know, mm-hmm. not being a wholesaler, but having experience with getting leads coming in and then wasting lots of time trying to qualify these leads. I can absolutely see why this would be so powerful. So, and no one's talking about it. No guru is going to talk to you about, Hey, focus on doubling down your qualification, right? Because it's a hard problem because the only solution that exists is to train somebody right now to take these calls, right? Cause there's not intelligent technology out there. There's a couple of companies that are claiming to do it, but again, if they could really do the job, I would assume they'd be more utilized than they are right yeah. now. Right. Like, I mean, just, just, if we're being honest, if it's something that was that game changing, it would spread like wired wildfire. And so instead I took a look at what are the short call shortcomings and built a software that took me a lot longer and a lot more expensive than I thought just to even get it to the start line here. But now we're starting to walk. And now that we're starting to walk, we're going to learn how to jog and then we're going to learn how to run and we're going to learn how to sprint. It's one stage after the next, because like I said, the thousands of conversations we're going to have each week, we're going to learn from each one of those. And kind of like, it's my favorite thing is uh, I used to date this girl and uh, her dad had a Tesla and he was like, Hey, we'll check this out. I got a new upgrade. My, my car learned how to do something overnight. I was like, that's the coolest thing in the world. Your car suddenly has new features. You went to bed last night and you had one type of car, but now it's better and you didn't have to do anything. I was like, how can I do that for people? And that's exactly what this looks like is your agent is learning by itself, not just from the conversation, like your, your AI agent, not just from the conversations that you're feeding with your marketing dollars, but it's learning from the millions of dollars per month of marketing spend and conversations across the entire U.S. to qualify your leads as best as possible. So it's really just a, a game changer at scale because it's going to be better than you and I could even be. And it can have 100,000 conversations simultaneously. Yeah. Yeah. And that position is so hard to train for too. Um, so it's such a benefit there for people. So we'll back to, let's just say real estate investing and wholesaling. What's some of the advice you like to give people on how to avoid uh, a bad deal or avoid making big mistakes when they're getting into wholesaling? Yeah. So I guess let's, let me tackle that by saying like, what are the biggest mistakes people use? I think number one, the biggest mistake is that people think that they're going to make 10 calls and block up a deal. And then they quit because it's just a matter of reality, not meeting expectations. I spoke to about 15,000 sellers. Now, again, I didn't know really what I was doing. I was piecing this together here, right? But I had 15,000. These were cold calls. These were, you know, bandit signed calls, all this stuff before I ever did my first deal. That's absurd. But inside of that, 
I looked at, okay, let me not look at the results. I don't actually care if I close on these deals or not. And I still take it, but am I learning? It is the process. Am I getting better with each one? Because if I can get better with each one, now I can do that consistently and I'm not going to be restarting every single time. So setting expectations on, on what it really takes. Like I said, 4,000 mailers to generate 20 leads. And of those 20 leads, one of them has the possibility of being a deal. It's likely that one of them is going to be a deal. That's about 5% lead to close rate. So the other thing I'd say that people make the mistake on is this sort of, I call it the bottomless bucket phenomenon, where you spend this money and you bring in these leads into this bucket, but your bucket has a big hole in the bottom of it. And so if somebody's not a fit right away, they leave and they go into the ether. And what I've come to realize through my experience is that sellers who are just fishing for offers are actually motivated. They're just not as motivated as they will be in a couple months because there's some element of uncertainty in their life that they are trying to gather options on right now, right? Sometimes people are like, hey, I'm about to lose my house in two days. Can you help me? But that's not the majority of the case, right? Most people are sort of just curious. And so what I did, how I did those 100 deals is I didn't basically, 80% of those deals came from follow-up. 14 days, 30 days, 60 day follow-up. And I focus on having the highest quality conversation, building as much trust and rapport and covering as much information, being as transparent as possible with sellers on that first call, such that when I called them at 14 days later or 30 days later or 60 days later, they took my call, first of all, and they were happy to talk with me. And then when that uncertainty in their life, whatever that was, maybe they were going to inherit a property or they got a tenant that's they're trying to kick out or they're trying to get rid of some property somehow, some way, who do you think they're going to be the one? Who do you think they're going to call? They're going to call the person that's been building that sort of rapport and social capital with them over the last couple months. Or are they going to call Joe Schmo who just sent them a postcard yesterday or left them a, you know, a ringless voicemail. It's all about trust. And so I like to think of it as like, I invest in my leads and I had to do that as a person, right? As a human being and I have my team do it. It's extremely expensive to be able to continue to follow up and nurture those but those are the hottest leads. And so the biggest mistake I would say is that people do not have a system to make sure that no leads slip through the cracks. There's so much waste right now because people are like, oh, they're a deal or they're not a deal. Let me go spend more marketing to get more deals. And you want to keep spending marketing to bring more into the funnel. But again, if your bucket has a hole in the bottom of it, it's going to be really hard to fill it up. And it's going to be, there's going to be a lot of waste in the way and along the way. Absolutely. So I think you bring up a great point right there about, you know, your hole in the bucket leads. Most leads you're going to get, whether they're, they're people looking to sell their house right now, or they're people looking to sell their house in three or six months. It, I would say, and I think you mentioned 80%, I would say the majority of people you talk to are not ready to act right now. They're probably going to be ready to act at some point in time. But if you don't have a great system for following up and establishing trust with those people, you're not going to be the person they sell their house to. They're going to sell their house to that guy that sends a postcard at just the right time. Um, and again, not a yep. wholesaler, but I have a lot of experience with this type of stuff and just nurturing leads. So um, I think your system is a good system because it, it can serve up those hot leads right now. And then you can put these other people on good follow-up plans over a long period of time. Yeah. And that is, that's, that's if I have like, like our first product and our second our product, the first one is having as quality of a qualification conversation with them at the very beginning, uncovering as many rocks, right? Breaking the ice, not breaking the rapport, getting you the full colorized picture, all of that at the very beginning. Mm -hmm. Then once we're inside of CRM, the second product, this is actually one that's really exciting for me is actually having it work inside your CRM for you, not on some preset day one, send this message, day seven, say this message, but actually intelligently determining, and we use a couple of different, well, we will use a couple of different neural nets for this. And basically look at pattern matching is based on the types of responses. We're going to rate the motivation. And then that's going to determine the frequency for which we follow up with them next. And then we're going to continue to engage them. And if it seems like they're hot, we're going to basically have that you know, re-qualification. We're going to re-qualify them. And then if they're still good to go, then we bubble it up to the top of the CRM. So what does that look like for the investor, right? Because there's a lot of complexity that happens behind the scenes there and how we optimize that again across 
thousands and thousands and thousands of conversations, the investors basically log into their CRM and they're going to see new leads bubbling up to their CRM every single day. And they're not going to have to spend their time chasing down, spending their time on people 14, 30, 60 days. And so I'm very excited to build that. Some of our existing customers have these databases of 10,000 leads. And the question I always ask them is, if, like, how do, you, how do you get in touch with all of them? They're like, we really struggle. We have a team of VAs and they make a couple dozen calls each and we contact a couple people a day. But that's like scratching the surface every single day. Imagine if there was a system that was able to have a handle on where each one of those leads was at, predicting the timelines upon which they sell based on the timelines that they're giving and the amount of follow-ups and be able to have building that intelligence into that. That again, the fundamental thing is that Jordan and I are only having this conversation right now. But I get texts um, every time we qualify leads so I can start to feel the frequency. And during this conversation, my technology has already had three separate conversations mm-hmm. with it. And we only have a couple users, right? So this is sort of that idea is like, what's the game changer is that it does not matter how good I am. I'm only can scale so much. And as human beings, you know, it's humble because we're limited by time and space. So everything I look at is like, okay, how can we build things that scale? And that as they scale, they become more valuable and more intelligent. Awesome. That's really cool. Uh, I think just the concept that it's always learning is a little scary. Um, but I mean, I know this is just it. The the software is out there to to make our lives easier. And I think people people get the wrong idea about about AI. In my opinion, I think it it will make the world infinitely better later. Like you were mentioning. Uh, talking to an airline to reschedule a flight is horrendous and takes hours. And you're, even if you're using their their texting software, you might wait on on hold for eight hours mm-hmm. just to get a simple thing done. Yeah, um, and it's real easy. Of hey, I just need to do this because of this, and then the AI takes care of it. But then when we're qualifying leads that are coming in, um, so much time is spent or time can be spent doing something else, and then you have a lead pop up and it says, hey. This person's ready for you to talk to them about selling you their house. That's Mm -hmm. really cool. Hey guys, this is Jordan Moorhead here. And I wanted to ask if you could do a huge favor for me. If you could go leave a review for this podcast, wherever you're listening to it, that would really help me get this into the hands of other people that are interested in information about Austin real estate investing. And I'd be able to help more people. Thanks guys. Um, to, to, go, to talk to that airline point, um, I use the analogy of traffic, where I'm like, we build toll roads that infinitely expand, right? There's just a lot of traffic. That's why you're waiting on hold, just like you're waiting on hold in traffic. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, what would it look like if there was no waiting on hold? What if it would look like if there was, you know, American Airlines and United Airlines and American Airlines decided to build this type of customer service, but United Airlines said, no, we're fine. We don't want to innovate. What's going to happen is people are going to slowly start to use American Airlines, right? Because their time is being valued because it's easier. It's a better experience. And so United Airlines is going to start to lose market share and they're going to either be forced to innovate or die. And so as it relates to like, how does this impact the world at large? It's the companies that do not want to invest in customer service, the companies that do not want to invest in providing a value to consumers in every single interaction are just going to die. And it's kind of, you know, beautiful like that, because that's how nature works. If you don't evolve, right, if you don't adapt, you die. And for us as a species, you know, with the technology we're using right now, it's, you know, far outweighs the technology we had five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago. I think it allows us to do more of the things we already want to do with a lot less cost and a lot more ease. And so being able to sort of pioneer that with a software that does not matter how much money United Airlines spends on their call centers, human beings evolve, but we don't scale and we don't multiply. The intelligence in my head is if I want to teach you everything I know, and I want you to teach me everything I know, we're like, you know, breathing through a, you know, a very, very tiny straw, you know, drinking through a straw from a lake as it relates to how, how much, how we can absorb the information from each other. And we don't even have a good way to organize it. So it's sort of like kind of hopeless to think that these jobs that have this repetitive element are going to be done by human beings. It's just an inevitability. Instead, 
right? Because I don't want to continue to the divide in society. I don't want to put millions of people out of work and leave them, you know, leave them to fend for themselves. This same technology, having billions of conversations with people in all different aspects of life can be used to build a bridge such that we no longer need to learn computer language to be able to code and program, but because the computers have learned our language. And so you've drastically lowered the barrier to entry for people to continue to provide valuable and marketable services without them needing to go, you know, without a truck driver needing to go learn how to code. Right. And so that's sort of what that next stage looks like. And I'm ensuring that with what we do and with how we raise funds and with who we take money from and long-term play is that that is the reality because there is a world where this can just be used to exploit profits and put people out of work. And that would be that. And that's not the world I'm trying to build. So we're doing everything in our power to be able to align things such that that's not the case, but that we can actually use this technology to lower the barrier to entry for people whose jobs have been displaced. Yeah, that's awesome. And I, I think this is really this whole software allows you to, to spend your time in a way that you choose rather than spending your time on, on all these really menial hard tasks like qualifying leads or uh, let's say talking to the airline. It's all it's really it's freeing your time up. And I think we've all realized that in the last two years is that, hey, we actually don't want to sit in traffic for two hours a day or three hours a day going to work, come back from work and yeah, exactly. You don't want to sit on the phone qualifying somebody that just doesn't even want to do business with you. Mm -hmm. More apply to this. Um, well, what's one thing that you think uh, somebody looking to implement this software needs to have or what sort of level would they want to be at it before they consider implementing your software? Totally. So let's let's look at the handoff point. The handoff point right now is we get name, number, and address of the person, and then we get their motivation, the timeline, the condition, the price. Those are you know called across the industry the four pillars of qualification. Somebody needs to be able to understand that if they can get that information right, they can understand what that person is going to say with motivation, what that's really going to mean. They're going to understand what timeline what they say what means on, and they're going to understand that okay, this is their asking price but they need to be able to underwrite the deal. They need to be able to go online and say, okay, what do we think we can get this for? Let's look at comps, let's back in repairs. Let's take a look at what they said about their condition and be able to get back on the phone with a seller who's now engaged. They've had a conversation. They, you know, they, their time was respected. They didn't have to wait. They got everything in real time when they wanted, but to get back on the phone with the seller and say, Hey, got the information. Here's what I'm seeing. Maybe ask a couple of questions to fill in the gaps to then make the best offer that you, you can. That's where it's at right now. So it's not some, you know, magical turns people motivated that weren't, you know, nothing like that. It's just for people that are already interested in selling, goes through, asks them a couple of questions, gives them the ability to ask questions in natural language, handles objections that they give naturally, and then goes on and passes that information on. So I would say what's really important is that the expectations is not that this is a complete, you know, hands off. I plug in this software. I'm going to start making a hundred thousand dollars a month. I will go sleep. You know, I'll go sit on a beach with a, you know, morgue in my hand. That's not really the case. You still got to be the one underwriting them. You still got to be the one, you know, following up with them. That's why we're building a second product, but it's not, not out yet. You're still going to have to call them. You know, might have to call them a couple of times to get a hold of them well, after they, you even have the information. And then you have to be able to understand the disposition process and underwrite those deals and the rest of it. So all this software does is just give you better visibility into leads without you having to spend your time doing so. Awesome. So you need to be in business and know how to do the business before this is the right software for you. But there's not a whole lot else you need to need to have or, or understand before you can do this. You just need to understand how to how to be a wholesaler, how to be a flipper, or how to be a successful buy and hold investor. Absolutely. And and yeah, in terms of like, it's kind of interesting because I've also thought about like, how could I build something for people who are just getting started? Mm -hmm. um, but when I looked at, you know, how I was just getting started, most of these problems we're talking about are sort of more advanced, right? As you want to scale, like I said, as you scale from zero to one, from two to four to five plus properties per month, 
the types of problems change and you need to be able to adapt to those. These are some of those more advanced ones in order to understand like what bedside manner is and understand how to underwrite deals. If you're just getting started, probably doesn't make sense to drop seven grand on a mail campaign to do a couple of deals at the very beginning. You know what I mean? You probably want to use some more resourceful methods. Like, like I said, door knocking is really solid because if you're afraid or you're cautious around talking to sellers, go door knock a hundred doors this afternoon when you hear it. And I guarantee you it's going to be awkward but with each one. You're going to get a little better. And by the time you go to sleep tonight, after doing that, you're going to have a confidence in your ability to talk to sellers and, you know, handle objections that is going to skyrocket you far past the people who are just not willing to do that. So yeah, it's not really built for people who are, who are just getting started down the road. You're getting a couple of deals. You're saying, okay, now how do I want to scale up? The nice thing is, across the board right now, direct mail is pretty much one of the more expensive lead generation ones. But there's a couple of levers that we're moving. Like me as a software company, going and negotiating with these mail companies on behalf of hundreds of users, 500,000 million pieces of mail per month. An investor, you know, say, Jordan, you wanted to start, you could do, you could buy basically 3,000 pieces of mail, 4,000 pieces of mail to do, you know, maybe your goal is one deal per month at the same price point as a million pieces per mail, which otherwise you would not be able to do that. And so what that means is you just have higher ROI and a higher ROI allows you to get more responses because people are also texting. And so the barrier to entry is lower. You don't need to have a team to be able to handle that initial stage. And then you're going to get more responses. And now the average motivation might be a little bit less than if you had something that was a few less responses, only the really motivated people that were going to reach out. But that's why we have the system to be able to clarify and give you transparency on the status of these leads. So you know who to prioritize when you're generating five to 10 a day. Yeah. And when you're generating those five to 10 leads a day, we, we both know speed to lead is super important. So you're getting that lead right away and it's following up with them right away over and over. So it's grabbing onto their attention when, when they're motivated, which is exactly when they reach out to you. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's such a cool system. I, I just full disclosure, I've used the system a little bit. I've played with it a little bit. It's on uh, one of our websites. So I, I get to see what it does and how it's reacting to people. So it's a really cool piece of software. Um, so, Will, what's next for you? Obviously, you guys are are getting this out to work with real estate investors. Um, let's say in the next year, where do you see the company going? Yeah, so so we just completed some of our projections. And because there's so much opportunity in other spaces, I don't want to spend the next five years here trying to milk real estate investment for every drop, right? I want to figure out, okay, what's the point is that we can build a really good system, really great software. And then how do we move on? I have no intention to getting into the CRM business or even the mail business or any of those other things, right? So by the end of the year, we're looking for 500 users at an average user of doing four deals per month. That basically maps out to 80 leads qualified, right? Yada, yada, yada. And so after once we hit that and we're doing that recurring each month, we're generating enough revenues for me to continue to attract talent, raise more capital and actually scale the product and the team to be able to continue to improve it. That's going to give us the bandwidth to not only continue to improve the existing tech in this for all of our existing users in real estate investment, but it's going to allow me to start doing pilots in retail real estate. And so as of right now, what's like February 2nd, when we're recording this, looking at quarter one of next year to start our first pilots with retail real estate with agents and brokerages, um, which is going to be the same exact model. It's going to learn how to have those conversations. It's going to learn from all the conversations it has and people are going to be able to tap into the, you know, at the time intelligence and then continue to enjoy it learning from conversations it's having across the country. So retail real estate is going to be the next year, probably, you know, the year after that as well. And then we're going to be leveraging our, you know, leveraging the, influence, leveraging the technology, leveraging the press and all of that to be able to go and start doing pilots with the name brand companies that we were talking about in banking and insurance and airlines. So sort of a high level, you know, five-year trajectory 
Uh, but yeah, really within this year, our focus is on building affiliate partnerships with your CRM companies, your mail companies to give just the best deal, and the easiest user experience to our customers to bring on customers, of course, so we can start to get that feedback and we start to have those conversations and take ours from good to great to expert level as soon as possible. And then the other thing is, uh, yeah, we're actively hiring. And it's a really competitive job market out there. We're hiring engineers. We're hiring people who have built software companies before. We're having people who have connections, you know, in the real estate space. We are hiring um, because there's a lot of opportunity. There's a lot of demand that's coming from a 13-year bull run of real estate and a lot of money chasing after very few deals. And because investors don't have an easy way to deploy that money to get, you know, deploy X amount of money to get Y deals they're basically just throwing their money at, you know, less and less profitable deals because that's all they see on the market. And so that demand we want to take advantage of and be able to create opportunities for them to actually get a higher ROI on that money rather than just overpaying for properties. Yeah. No, I think everybody, everybody's out there looking for deals right now. Like you said, um, none of this space is easy. And I think that's why the software is even more important because if you're generating leads, you absolutely want to make sure that you've got the best lead you're talking to, and you absolutely want to make sure they get talked to as quickly as possible. So I'm really excited to see what you guys do in the next year. What and do you then, think our quick, quick question? What do you think the average message conversation length is in minutes? For you, for your software. Mm -hmm. uh, five to seven minutes. Yeah, like three. Three. Okay. People so are getting back are... to you that quickly. Have you wanted to be part of GoBundance, the tribe of millionaires, but just haven't hit that millionaire status yet? Well, now you can, not even being a millionaire, by joining our new program, GoBundance Emerge. My name's Jamie Gruber, creator of GoBundance Emerge and member of the GoBundance community. And now you can join. GoBundance.com slash emerge. GoBundance.com slash emerge. Use code Jordan for $100 off this 12-week goal-setting program and mastermind that'll propel you to being a whole-life millionaire. Well, so the thing is they text us, right? We don't know when they're going to text us, but they text us and we're ready. My, my AI is like, we're ready to go. And then we engage them in the conversation. And it doesn't make sense from the user standpoint. If you put yourself in this point of the seller, if you're getting like a text response five to 10 seconds later, you probably want to want to respond again. There's no real reason to wait the next day to respond because it has information you want. That carrot on the end of the stick is the offer mm -hmm. that you're going to get. So it's three minutes. And then, so what that looks like, somebody gets a mailer, right? They might hold on to it for two seconds and then text. They might hold on to it for two days or two weeks. But as soon as they text, when they've decided to have a conversation and reach out, three minutes later, that entire conversation is being passed on to the investor with their phone number. It can go ahead and give them a ring. Hey, just saw you were talking to our software. Tell me a little bit more about 123 Main Street. Three minutes. Speed to lead is everything in this business. I'm using it myself and I've like, I'm, I'm in a new market and so I'm working with someone I'm going to be selling these deals to. And so I'm checking with them to say, hey, what offer can we make on this? I've lost two deals in the last week. I'm pissed off about it. By calling people back 24 hours later and them telling me they just put it under contract after I got off the phone with them. I'm like, come on, what am I supposed to do here? You know? So that's why you need to understand the underwriting process because these ones go hot. They're like apples falling from the tree. As soon as they're ripe, they fall. Somebody is going to be there to catch it. Is it going to be you? That's a matter of, you know, your tech stack and how you've organized your system and how you've organized your time. Say, do you have the capacity and the bandwidth to be there to catch every single one of those apples? Because if you don't, there's like a hundred other hands there waiting right under you. I guarantee it. It's like I said, it's very frustrating to lose those deals that are really solid deals. You have know, great conversations and then they sign with somebody else. Well, and I think this software, because everybody gets into real estate investing to have more time freedom. And just like we just went over, the, the most effective way to get deals done is just to be on it right away. That's not freedom. But if you no. have this software, it jumps on it right away and takes care of it. And then you can you can jump on it as soon as a hot lead comes through through. So, you know, you and I both know that not all leads are hot leads. And if you spend all your time chasing leads, you're going to have a lot of time that you're not spending to do anything else. And exactly like you're saying, you know, three minutes on every lead, let's say uh, one in 20 that comes in is actually going to be a deal. So you just saved you know, 30, 30, roughly 30 minutes of your time at who knows what time of the day. 
that you don't have to do this. And that's assuming that the seller is always going to get back to you and they're going to respond, mm -hmm. right? It, the reality is that you're going to have to call each person five to seven times to get them to pick up the phone to then have that conversation, mm -hmm. you know? So, so yeah, the technology is efficient um, and, and text messaging is efficient. Cold texting is actually illegal. Like we were saying earlier, so there's some companies that are doing it that are like sort of skirting the law with saying, well, look, I'm pushing, it's not automated. But for us, we're like, we don't want to mess with any of that. We want to keep our you know head above the surface here. We want to go to where the puck is going. And so when you send out these mailers, people text in with their address. Now you've got their address, they've opted in and there you have that lead, you have that information. Then the technology goes in and qualifies the rest of it, but you have their information and their, it's basically, their, it's capable. I can now use automated technology legally and have a conversation. You can't just plug in a list and have it text a million people. I wish, right? But that's also not the world I want to live in. I don't want to get texts from Target and Costco and all these companies. I want to be able to keep my messaging private. I want to be able to consent to when I receive messages and I want to be able to choose when I send messages. And so we really built this, just sort of the system in mind with where is regulation going? Because when cold calling becomes more illegal, when texting gets shut down, when, when these class actions that are currently pending across the U.S. against ringless voicemails, you know, the verdict has dropped. And you know where, how the verdict is going to go, right? Because the more and more people complain, it's like, this is why big car companies, this is why big brands don't use these marketing methods. It's because there's just liability in its gray area right now. So when all those things become black, where are people going to go? I don't think mail is going anywhere. So I'm like, how can I make mail as economical as possible to give our investors the greatest bang for their buck? Because our pricing model is we only charge per lead qualified. Right. So you're only paying us when we're working for you. It's not a flat fee. It's nothing. It scales up as you scale up, you know, with discounts at bulk. And the bottom line is I want you to be able to generate as many leads as possible from your money because that's going to give you the highest chance of doing as many deals as possible, which means next month you're going to come in and do an even bigger campaign. And what that looks like is we're making more money, we're qualifying more leads for you, and you're generating more deals in a consistent and predictable manner. And that's the vision for what real estate investment can be. I did not know how bootlegged and they bootstrapped and duct taped everybody's marketing systems were until I got into the business and saw that, wow, there's really not a great system to consistently do off-market deal gen. Oh, well, now there is. Um, well, um, obviously, you've got you've got a lot to say about real estate wholesaling and, and how you can qualify leads. Do you have a favorite mindset or business book where you've learned a lot of this stuff when you like to recommend to people? Yeah, let me. Just for sure, it would. In general. Yeah, it would definitely be the one thing by Gary Keller. Because what the promise of the one thing is, is that you, the surprise, like the surprisingly simple truth behind achieving extraordinary results. And it brings in, in many different lenses, this idea of leverage, right? Which is that, you know, what Archimedes says, give me a lever long enough and I shall move the world. Mm -hmm. And naturally, I, I'm a pretty efficient person. Another way to say that is lazy. I don't want to work hard if I don't have to. I work hard because I need to, and I work hard trying to find out how I can work smarter and then how I can pass that on. And so the one thing is all about, you have all these big goals, right? There, and there's a bunch of different ways to get there. What's the way you can get there by lining up each domino before the next, such that you can actually get the actions that you can take every single day. And with certainty, know that those actions are taking you to your goals in an exponential manner, such that you don't have to continue to put in more effort for each one, but that just because you did the critical thinking and lined it up, and this works for life goals, this works for relationships goals, this works for everything, how you can bring these huge goals down to daily action items that you can take to make sure that you're in alignment. And that's actually going to make a difference against your progression with those goals. So that's why I love that book. Yeah. The one thing by Gary Keller, great book. Um, absolutely something everybody needs to read if they haven't already. Well, what's the best way for people to get hold of you and learn more about the company? Yeah. So if you want to learn more about what we're doing, uh, titanx.ai is the site and you can go and find out more and see different ways you can work with us. Um, 
Also, uh, something fun. I spend most of my life in software and I got really tired that I couldn't touch any of it. So I wanted to make sure I had some hobbies and some aspects of my life that wasn't just software and, you know, in higher dimensions. And so I just picked up a hobby last year called dragon staffing, which is that staff that you let on fire and you spin it really quick. So totally random. But if you want to see mid videos of me doing that, check out my Instagram, will.jbrown. And you can send me a DM there. I'm happy to chat with you as well about anything that you want. So those would be the best ways to, uh, to reach out to me. Thanks, Jordan. Awesome. Uh, and it's titanx.ai and will.jbrown on Instagram. So reach out to Will. He's doing some awesome stuff. And he's also doing some awesome stuff with the, uh, the fire staffs. I didn't know they were, what are they called? Will, well, what do you call those? Uh, yeah, dragon staff. Dragon staff. Yeah, yeah I didn't know that, but he, he's doing some really cool stuff. Um, all right, Will, last question. Uh, one of the most important questions we ask here on the podcast, what's your favorite restaurant here in Austin, Texas? Mm, so let me see here. I drove through Austin back in 2019 when I was moving to oh. Los Angeles. And I, and I drove through, and so... It's actually the one time I've been to Austin, but I went to a restaurant and it was really good. And I'm going to pull this up. I know I went back and took a look at this. Let me see. This place is going to blow up because it was so good. Um, I'm not. I guess it's not that good because the name did not stick in my head three years later. Where Um, was it and what kind of food? Yeah. So, so it was American and it was on, uh, I'll have to get the street. I can give you, I can find it. I can get that information and we can stick it in the show notes. Yeah, but, uh, we'll, we'll get that in the show notes for everybody. For sure. Where uh, should I'll, we I'll eat that. if we're coming to LA? Where's your favorite restaurant in LA? I know LA is oh. huge. So. Yeah. So, so the South Beverly grill in Beverly Hills is, uh, I love that restaurant because the owner is an artist Every single thing has attention to detail down to the way that the waitresses hold their hair, to the lighting, to the temperature of the faucets in the bathroom. Everything has been thoroughly thought through. And it's just a perfectly smooth and seamless experience that just always blows me away. And then the food is some of the best I've ever had. And it's not that expensive either. So got to give it to South Beverly Grill. That's awesome. I will be sure to check that out. Next time I come out that way. Will, thank you so much for coming on here today. Again, if you guys want to reach out to Will, um, Will, Will.jbrown, is that right on Instagram? Yep. Will.jbrown, tightnext.ai is the website to reach out to them at. Thank you so much. And we can't wait to hear more about this software as it gets further, 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 and smarter and smarter. Thanks so much. It's exciting stuff. It's great to chat, Jordan. Thank you. Yeah. Talk to you soon.